It's good to see you. Um, so so glad to be here this this Sunday and and, and share the share a little bit of the, the word with you. Um, I'm doubly excited that it is today is Sunday because uh, my wife has been out of town since Thursday, and so I have had uh, the kids uh, to myself since then, which is a joy, and also, well, they're here and they have clothes on, so I am counting that as a win, but I am really looking forward to Shannon being back and helping me. I, I was this close, you were really this close to seeing what, what I, I look like after um, a week of not shaving uh, this morning, because... I have this thing, I have a ritual, I normally, you know, always want to look nice on Sunday, shave all that, shave my head, shave all that good stuff. Um, sometimes I forget, and my fail-safe is my, of course, lovely observant wife will remind me, hey, you know, you look like a grizzly um, in the morning before I get dressed, and then I can, I can make myself presentable for, for you all. But she wasn't here this morning, and so it was a close call. I almost... I almost forgot, <laughs> but I didn't, so I'm excited about that. Um, we, we're gonna, we ended our series last week um, looking at the parables. This week we're going to do something a, a little different. Um, as Pastor Troy mentioned, we, we're having a dinner after, after service um, today, and this whole morning is really centered around one idea. And that really is um, the value of our testimony. And so that's what we're going to look at today. today but today is not going to be so much, uh, at least in our, our message time, I want this to be a time, whether you're, whether you're going to the dinner or you're at home online or, or you're not going to be able to stay with us, um, I want this time to be a, a, a kind of a moment where the, the Holy Spirit can, can speak to each of our hearts and stir up in, in ourselves some of the stories that he has, he has written with us. Okay, we all have testimonies. What's a testimony? A testimony is simply this. Sometimes we, we kind of overcomplicate this idea. It's, it's a personal story that you've experienced that is real to you where you saw God move. That's it. That's what, a, that's what a testimony is. It's a story about God interacting with us. It's any time His story intersects with your story. It's any story in which Jesus is the star. It's any time in your life where God's character, God's power, God's life is displayed and you saw it. That's a, that's a, a story that has the potential to be a testimony. And these are what we're going to be looking at today. You know, so much of the time when we say, talk about our testimony, we, we, we think about one thing, right? We think about how, how did the, and, and it's, Oftentimes in many of our lives, especially if, um, especially if you were fortunate enough and blessed enough to grow up in, in a Christian community, um, when we hear testimony, we think of, of you know, the circumstances by which you became a Christian, right? That's what your testimony is. And um, 
I, I can experience this or testify to this. I, I grew up in, in that sort of environment. I know many other people that have that have struggled with this idea of giving, sharing their testimony because they feel like their testimony is well, it's it's not it, it's boring. Right? I, I can say this. I've had this conversation with other people and with, with myself. It's not that, it, it almost doesn't feel, forgive me, we all know that it's, it, this isn't really true, but you feel like, oh, well, there's nothing really special about it, right? I don't even really remember all the circumstances around it because I was seven or whatever it was. Um, but here's the lie in that. That's not, that is one little microscopic part of your testimony. Your testimony, your story is your journey, your life as it connects with the God of the universe. And anytime those things intersect and you have the perception to see it, it's your testimony. And so we're going to look at kind of two things today. Um, I'm on the we're going to start out, I'm going to give you seven reasons why our testimonies are important. Seven, seven reasons from the Bible that, that, that we should be focusing on our testimonies and on the testimonies, the stories of our friends and our family. Why, why they are, in my opinion, we do not, they are not enough a part of our spiritual journey. They are not enough a part of our lives. And so we're going to look at seven reasons why we need to, why we need to change that. And then, um, and then finally, we're going to look at uh, a few different types of testimonies. And the, the whole point of, of that section is that we're going to f- kind of finish up, um, is to simply get us looking and examining our own lives for stories. There, there, there's more than just how you met Jesus, so that, that's an important one. Um, and so we're going to look at a few of those, and then we're going to, and then we're going to finish our time uh, with a time of communion together, uh, because that is, that is, we'll talk about it when we get there, but that kind of encapsulates the ultimate testimony, right? That's what we're testifying to, is, is what that communion table represents. So that's kind of what our, our morning's going to look like, or the rest of our morning, I should say. Um, so I'm just going to jump right in. Seven's a, a, you know, it's a holy number, but it's also a big one. So we're going to get through these. Uh, why is testi- uh, is our testimony so important? First reason is um, it's important because it's what's modeled for us. This is what was modeled from the beginning of this thing we call Christianity. It's it's what most of the Bible is. The Bible is largely stories. Stories about God interacting with man, right? That's, that's what the Bible is. Not only that, you know, when we look at, 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 at our, our, our spiritual, her- spiritual heritage, the, the, the Jewish culture, one of the things that, that, has, that was kind of the key to the strength of that culture being able to survive all of the things that it has gone through, all of the exiles, all of the, the, the attacks and the attempts to kind of wipe them out and to, to, to kind of remove that culture from the face of the earth. The, one of the main things that has kept them is built into their culture. It is, it is completely fortified and constructed on remembering their stories. 
all of their holidays, all of the, the high holy days are just drenched in things to remind them about something God did. And it's, it's the, the, that repetition of remembering these stories that gives their culture the strength to stay their culture. It's what's modeled for us is our first reason why our testimonies are so important. Second reason, it's more effective, I think, than theology. Now, this is more or less true for some people. You know, we all, we all think differently. We all kind of are, are created differently. And, and some things uh, appeal to, to others more than uh, other people. Um, some people are more, more narrative in the way they think. Um, my, my son is a great example of this. He lives for stories. You, you tell him a story. You show him a movie and it is locked in. He will remember it forever. Um, but some people think more more analytically, and it's more about the, the facts and the, the, the figures. Um, but I think for most of us, testimonies, stories are more effective than theology. It's one thing to learn or to read or to believe the fact that God is a provider. It's another whole thing to experience a desperate need in your life and have nowhere else to turn and have... God supernaturally provide for you in that moment. Those are two completely different ways of knowing God as a provider. Amen? So it is more effective than theology. Theology is is the study of it. It's the information. And it's valuable. I spend a lot of my life pursuing that. that. That is not something we should abandon. But... In our, in our Western culture, sometimes I think we forget, you know, our love of science and numbers and facts and proof. We, we get so focused on that, we act like that's the, the totality of our, our spirituality. And it's not. So it's what was modeled for us. It's more effective than theology. Number three reason why our stories, our testimony are so important is it's how we overcome. Anybody need to overcome something in their life this morning? This is how we overcome. John writes in Revelations chapter 12, he says, starting verse 10, he says, Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they have defeated Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. We overcome by two things according to the Word of God. The blood of the Lamb. That's, that's Jesus' work. His incarnation. He came to this world as God. He lived he showed us how, what it means to live in the kingdom of God. He died. He sacrificed Himself, right? He, was, he paid the price for our sins. He rose again. He sent the Holy Spirit to embody us. He went back and He's preparing a place for us to spend with Him forever. That is half of, of the... over. Now, it is the more important half, right? <laughs> Probably not half. It is, but it, it is one of the two things. I mean, I didn't write this. This is what it says. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by Christ's work and what He did, 
and by our testimony. It blows my mind that that's that that's what that that is what it says, or that is the 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 formula that that God set up. But that's the way He did it. He said, "I did all this stuff. I like created this nuclear bomb, but I gave you the ignition switch, and the ignition switch is our testimony. And if we don't if we don't tell it, if we don't if we don't live a life of living through our stories with God, then we have all this potential energy." to overcome anything in our lives and in the lives of the people around us, but we're not pushing the button. It's how we overcome. Number four, it's how we worship. Sharing our stories, telling our testimony is how we worship. The point of worship is what? To glorify God. To make Him known. To reveal Him. To give him honor, to give him, to give him the respect he does. What else could do that better than bragging about his exploits to somebody else? This is probably the most pure form of worship. You've seen this in your own lives, I'm sure. If you want to honor somebody, you know, it's their birthday. Um, major events, the wedding. What do we do? We give a toast or a speech or we write a card. What are all these things? These are testimonies. We're testifying to the goodness of that person. When we do that with God, it is the ultimate form of worship. So it's important And you don't even have to be able to sing or play an instrument to do it, which is great. Many of you are like me and do not have that talent, and I would be out of luck if that's what we had to do, if that's all I had to work with. But it's not. Number five of why our testimonies are so important is it's how God uses us to draw others to Himself. And we know this one, right? This is like the, one of the main reasons we, we think of when we think of sharing our testimony. How God uses, uh, uses us to draw others to Himself. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul writes, the only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. He says, your lives are a letter written in our hearts and everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Your life, how God and the the Holy Spirit have interacted with you, those, those stories that are within you are the closest thing to a Bible many of the people around you would ever have the opportunity to read. But unfortunately, it's an audio Bible. Right? <laughs> it's in you. You've got to push play on those, on those stories when we're in the presence of other people who don't know Jesus. Now listen, I think sometimes we, we all get... We all get all kinds of things when we talk about sharing our, our, our stories, our testimony, right? With, especially with people who we know don't know Jesus yet. And, and, and I think there's, there's half of that that's, that's on us. 
because you know maybe we haven't we haven't put in the put in the the uh, intentionality to to be ready to be prepared as Paul says in season and out of season and we need to work on that i think there's another element of that that we just underestimate how bad satan doesn't want you to tell your testimony and how hard he's working to make sure that you feel all those things in that moment Because it is the most powerful thing we have. And if we will, if we will be intentional, if we will be faithful to, to just tell people what we know about Jesus. Listen, you don't have to be a theologian. That's, that's, we get so worried. I mean, all of us, we, we, I'm putting myself in that category. When it comes to, to talking to somebody else, uh, about Jesus, we, we get so worried about not having the right answer. But listen, I think um, the vast majority of that is the, the attack of the enemy. Because for most of us, that only happens in this one area, right? In everything else, we're plenty confident in our opinions, whether we have any education on the issue or not. Right? Have you, have you been on Facebook lately? We have no problem expressing our certitude about things that we barely can spell. But with our testimonies, it's our story. It's, it's one of the safest things that we can share because it's ours. Right? You can't, you can't tell, you can't, how do you are gonna, how are you gonna argue with my experience? You can may, you can disagree with it. You can not believe it, but you can't really argue with it. It's powerful. Number six, it's how we strengthen each other. It's how we strengthen each other. Your story, see, I might be going through something that you went through already. And your story might be what I need to get to win my battle. I was at a... um, a pastor's meeting uh, this week. And um, we were talking about, oh, what were we talking about? Healing. A um, bunch of pastors were, a couple of pastors were, were sitting around. And I forget how we got on the subject, but Pastor Tori actually told a story um, about, well, it was actually kind of about me. <laughs> you know, there was, uh, many of you know, there was a season of time well, first I should say, you know, Pastor Tori is my father and just, I think we all, most of us know that, but just, just to be safe. The story won't make sense if, if you don't know that. <laughs> um, and there was a portion of time where I did the, you know, the, the, the requisite, um, pastor's kid thing. And, you know, many of you were here for that part of my journey and, and, and was, was just not living with, living for the Lord and had run away and a bunch of stuff. During that time, um, mom and dad obviously were, were struggling mightily with that. And he, he, and in our meeting the other day, he told a story about, um, he was in a pastor's meeting with a, with another, another pastor, another Judson Cornwall, a dear saint, um, just amazing man of God that used to come for, for the, the exaltation conferences we used to host. And, um, they sat down and, and dad told him kind of what was going on just in their conversations. And Judson, it turns out, had had the same experience years before with his daughter. 
And in that moment was able to share some things with, with dad that to, to, to hear him tell the story uh, this week, you know, talked about how that was the thing that really got him through that he was able to hold on to Judson's testimony of God's faithfulness in his life while dad was going through his trial. We need each other's stories. But they're only valuable. They only work if we share them with each other. It's how we strengthen each other. It's also how we strengthen ourselves. It's how we, we, we can strengthen ourselves with our own stories. You know, in psychology, they call it, you know, they call it self-talk and all these things. But it, it's a powerful thing to testify to yourself. David was famous for it. Like, if you look at the, 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 the Psalms, so many of them are just, like, big chunks of them are just, it, just kind of funny. It's, it's just David yelling at himself. Why so downcast, oh my soul? Right? It, it's, it's David telling himself the things that God has done. His story, um, you know, the story, David and Goliath, the, 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 the thing that put him on the map. What was the, what was the thing that gave him the strength and the courage and the faith to faith Goliath? It was remembering the stories in his life of God's earlier faithfulness. Look, Saul, I, I, I already killed the lion. I killed the bear. And it's in recounting these things that he, he goes, oh, I did that. I did that. Yeah, I can do this. I can do this. Your stories are sometimes the things that are going to... Your stories of God's faithfulness in your past are the things that are going to give you the strength to make it through the trial that you're in right now to overcome. And they empower us when we tell them to ourselves. This is something that we have to be intentional about. We have to put things in our lives that force us to remember these things and to recite them to ourselves. Because it's really easy to forget. It's really easy to just not take that time to reflect back, right? We just, everything, and I, I get it. We're so busy and there's so much going on. But it's never a waste of time to reflect on God's faithfulness. I dare say there's, there's very little in, in, if I'm being honest, there's very little in my day that's actually more valuable than that. And if that's true, then how do I tell myself, oh, I'm too busy for that? I've got to build that in to my day, not, not just my week, not just, you know, one Sunday a, a month or a, a year where we all get together and, and share our stories, but we have to figure out some ways to make it a part of our daily lives. And that's seven. <laughs> So I hope, hopefully I have convinced you. We, we, I think, I mean, I don't think I, I think it was a soft sell. I think you kind of already knew these things before. Um, but this is why it's so important to share our stories. Um, and, and as I, I mentioned earlier, you know, we are not just talking about, about the time that you prayed the sinner's prayer for the first time. And so for, for the rest of, of our time today, before we, before we take communion together, I just want to, these are not exclusive. Um, 
I just want to give us a few ideas of some of the types of stories that we all have. And, and my hope is that as we talk about these, as I, as I give some examples, um, that the Lord would stir up in you these stories. So I want you to use this as a time and an exercise to be thinking, when did, has that ever happened in my life? Where has that happened in my life? Where's that happened in the, the close circle around me that, that I've observed secondhand? So there's a number of different types of stories. The first one we've mentioned is I call a conversion story. The story in which you went from dark to light. You went from an enemy of God to His friend, to His child, to an heir of the, the kingdom of heaven. How your life changed in that instant. That is a great story. And and I know we feel like, you know, if you grew up in the church... Um, you got saved in Sunday school when you were a kid. I, I know it It feels like on, on this side of eternity that maybe that's not the most exciting story. But on, on the, the reality is, on the other side of eternity, it is. And we can remember that because it doesn't, it doesn't matter how, how sweet and innocent you were, how little you were, how young you were. It doesn't matter how good you were before. You were going to hell and then you weren't. And that is, that is worth celebrating. That is, that is a, a, a soul changed for eternity. That's a great story. Another type of, of uh, story is what I call encounter stories. These are meaningful moments with Jesus since your conversion, right? Okay, so these are, this is kind of a, a general one. Um, an example in the Bible I, I would give is, you remember, you remember, uh, you know, Peter denies Jesus three times, right? And we see in Scripture he's separated from the rest of the disciples, and there's there seems to be a rift there from from his denial. And then there's this story on a, this really sweet story on the bank where Jesus Jesus tells the disciples, you know, come together. He's risen from the dead at this point. He says, come together, and he says, and go get Peter. And they're having a, they're having a breakfast on the, on the beach. And he, he has this conversation with Peter in which he, he, he takes him aside. And, and we, we don't have time to go into all the, the details, but you, many of you probably remember this story where he keeps asking him, do you love me? Do you love me? And the whole point of this story is that God, that Jesus, before he ascends into heaven, has this priority. God, I need to meet with Peter. I need to make sure he's okay. I need to make sure he understands that he's, he's forgiven, that, that I need to restore him in our relationship before, before I move on to the, the next phase. That's an encounter. And God, by His Holy Spirit, has those with us. We'll have those with you from time to time. Powerful ones that change our lives. Can you remember any in your life this morning? Moments where Jesus met you and you know He met you. I can think of a, a, a time, and I'm just, for, for some of these, I'm just going to share some of mine. Um, so if I'm sitting in with you at the table during the lunch, um, I already did mine, so you guys can share yours. <laughs> I already went. Um, there, was a, there was a moment when I was, uh, this is kind of a, a, a unique experience. I, I was 
in a, a prayer service. This was um, after I'd come back to the Lord. I was in a, a kind of a ministry discipleship program um, out of town for a year. And I was in a, a service. I don't even to this day, um, it's been so long, I don't remember all the details. And when it was happening, I wasn't even really fully sure what was going on. But I feel like the Lord has given me some kind of clarification since then. Um, and, and I was, uh, I, I don't remember the altar call. I don't remember the message. I don't remember the worship of, of this night. But I do remember being up front and a friend of mine that was in the program with me praying for me. And I remember there being this just intense, um, I don't even know what to call it. It was, it was painful, but it wasn't physical pain. Um, I'm, I, <laughs> I remember in this moment, I remember in this moment um, thinking, who is, who is screaming? Like, I remember having that thought, and then I realized it was me. It was a, it was a weird, it was a weird thing. And this, again, like, this is not like my, you know, my typical prayer times or anything like that. But what was happening in that moment, the whole, the Holy Spirit had, this is what, this is what I believe happened. Take it, take it for what it's worth. I know it sounds a little weird. Um, so I had a friend named Chris that uh, when I was not serving the Lord was one of my friends and we ran around together and got to know each other pretty well. And um, in that moment, I had his face was all I could see. And I wasn't really sure in the moment what was what was going on. But as I prayed about it later on and, and what I've come to believe that 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 moment of the things that I was experiencing, I feel like the Lord told me later that God was giving me a moment, a glimpse into the into the soul of my friend Chris, because Chris had a just a horrible life. Um, you can name a bad thing, you know, a traumatic childhood event. You can name a bad habit. You can name an addiction. You can name any of those things, and it would better than a coin flip chance be true of Chris. Um, and the crazy thing about Chris was he was always, he was a nice kid. Um, he was, he was, he was, he had a love for people even despite all that stuff. But in that moment, the Lord kind of gave me a, a, a glimpse into the pain that he walked around with every day. And I have to say, I, I know for a fact that I am different because of that encounter. I have a, I have a genuine, um, I'm, I have a genuine love for people and, and a, an ability to, to refuse to judge people because of that moment. Because I know that I was, not, I, wasn't, I was much more judgmental before that moment than I, than I ever have been since. And it took a while for, for me to realize that that's what had happened. Because sometimes, anybody had that? This is just me. Where God does something in your life and, and you're not sure what it is. You just know something's different. You know, it's funny how he, it's funny how God wants to, God can work in our lives and it doesn't always have to be through, you know, the front door of our cognitive understanding. Um, so we can have these encounters with the Lord. Another, another, um, 
example of a story that you may have may have experienced is I call them guidance stories. These are stories of times in your life when you made a choice because believe, because you believed you were following Jesus, and He showed Himself faithful. You know, in the, the Bible, Jesus tells the disciples to cast their nets on the other side, right? And they follow His instructions, and they get this giant, giant catch of fish. Um, has there been a moment in your life where you, you, you made a choice just solely on the fact that you believed it's what God wanted you to do and seen it and, and then see it work out in a way that proved he is who he says he is? Has anybody had that? Um, example from my life, I, shortly after, uh, kind of, I was, God was working on me and I was, kind of being restored back to him. Um, I didn't, at this point, I didn't really have a whole lot of Christian friends. And uh, my cousin, this was like, like, I had really, like literally just started, like just said yes to Jesus again for like the first time and was making a serious effort to like turn my life around. This was like, the, like two weeks later. Um, my cousin invited me to a college group retreat. I did not know these people. I did not, nothing. Um, but I, 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 I felt like I was supposed to go. Um, and so I went and that, that group, the, 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 so many of the people that were there, um, it wasn't a huge, it wasn't some, you know, big giant conference. It was like 30 people, um, at this little, little camp, <laughs> just uh, like I'm like in Akron, I think, or something. But it was from a, a church here. Um, but that, the, at that retreat that weekend, I, I met a group of people that for the next six years of my life or so, seven years of my life, became like my, my family. We, we, we did college group together. We did ministry together. We became friends. It's that, it, it was that, that church was the church that, um, a, a woman named Shannon, uh, went to. Shannon's my wife now. <laughs> um, you guys know Serve the City that we do every year. We partner with, with you know, Christian Community Church. That, that whole ministry was burst out of the relationship between me and C.J. Buchan, who I met that weekend. God, it was God's guidance that, that sent me. This wasn't some big giant thing. It was just, just going to a, a, a weekend retreat, but it changed the trajectory of my life. God guides us. When is he when has he guided you? When have you made a decision just because you knew or you believed that it was it was the Lord's leading and then you realized, "Oh man, it really was the Lord's leading. Look at all this stuff." Or look at what didn't happen because I went this way. Anybody have one of those where you feel like, "Okay, I'm just going to I don't want to do this, but fine, I'll go this way." And then, you know, and then you take two steps and you see the bus fly by, proverbial or otherwise. <laughs> go, oh man, I'm really glad I wasn't over there. Thank you, Lord. Moving on. Another kind of provision stories. 
Times in your life where the Lord provided something you needed. The Bible says it, you know, He is Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. What is what has the Lord provided in your life that you know it was it was from His hand? We see story after story in the Bible about God's provision. The, the, the woman with the oil that was running out and she meets the prophet and the prophet, her have this interaction and, and the day's worth of oil turns into a year's worth and pays her debts and all of this miraculous stuff. The Israelites are wandering and going to starve in the desert, but God provides manna for them to eat. When has God provided for you? I can, um, I can tell you there was a time uh, not too long ago. I was married and had kids. Uh, but it was several years ago. And um, you ever just have like one of those seasons, those like two or three month mo- uh, seasons where like everything's fine and then all of a sudden like you feel like you blink and then you look at your checkbook and you're like, what is going on? that just me <laughs> well, we had one of those and we had and a, you know just a bunch i don't even remember what it was but just a bunch of stuff came up all at once kind of emergency you know stuff breaking and you know kids are expensive and all that stuff um and it and it got to the point where like over the course of like two or three months we had we had racked up like a lot of debt and it was like, like, a, like for me, it was like way more debt than I had ever, like, you know, bad, like credit card debt than I had ever experienced. And I, I, I was, I was freaking out and, um, I was, uh, I was talking with, with Shannon and we were praying about, you know, do I, do I need to get a second job? Do I need to get a different job? Um, you know, so, that kind of thing. Um, and just really was seeking the Lord, trying to figure out what, what, what I need to do to kind of fix this. And uh, I got a letter in the mail. Um, and it was from somebody that... Uh, the letter started with an apology, but it contained a check. That's the best way to apologize. Just in case, it's a little life tip. No. I got this letter, and it was from somebody who who said the apology was for not writing the not not writing the check earlier because they felt like three months ago the Lord told them to to send send me a check um, and to tell me focus on ministry and the check was for the exact amount that my credit card statement was screaming at me. This was not a small amount. God provided in such a, a an amazing way and you know what for me the I mean the money was the was 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 amazing but what what impacts me still to this day was the fact that it was it was so clearly um just God trying to get my attention and keep guiding me in that moment. Say, quit worrying. I will provide for you. You, you do what I ask you to and the provision will always be there. 
When has God provided for you? And then finally, a uh, final example, like I said, this, these are not, it's not an exhaustive list of the types of things that God does. I'm just trying to, to, to help us remember this morning. Um, healing and restoration stories. Some time that the Lord healed you of something physically or mentally or emotionally, maybe spiritually. Um, Bible examples, I literally just wrote down the Gospels. Like this is... <laughs> They're everywhere. Just open to the Gospels and read a chapter or two and you'll land on one of these stories of healing and restoration. Where has God restored your, your life? Maybe physically. Maybe, maybe emotionally. There was a, a wound that you never thought would heal and, and God, Jesus was able to... to, to walk you through that pain. Maybe it was a physical healing. Um, I didn't ask her, but I'm sure she'd be willing, she'd be fine with me telling this story. So Shannon, my wife, um, a number of years ago, um, it was shortly after we got married, developed asthma really bad. It was, and it was like, like she didn't grow up, she didn't have childhood asthma. It wasn't like a thing um, for her, but she just developed asthma and had all of a sudden started to have inhalers and 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 all this thing it was really compromising kind of uh her her life and um and she, one day she just she just told me uh she said I, you know i've been praying about it and i decide i've decided that that i decide i feel like the the lord's going to heal me of this i said that's great babe and so for the next six months that became that became her focus of asking the Lord to heal her of this asthma. Now it didn't it didn't like happen over. She, there wasn't no dramatic, you know. All of a sudden, you know, one day it just, you know, the inhaler blew up and she was fine. It wasn't that. But over the next six months later, after after spending six months of, I mean, I'm telling you, I couldn't open a cabinet door in my house without seeing a scripture verse. Her car, you know, the little flip down thingy verses. It was all, you know, it was, it was every night there was, there was times of, of just soaking God's presence. And, and, and I mean, it was when Shannon puts her mind to something, a little bit jealous of that. But anyway, um, six months later, she goes back to the doctor and, and the doctor confirms, yeah, you don't have asthma anymore. It was gone. She hasn't had to use an inhaler since. It hasn't been an issue since. God heals. God restores. Where have you seen that in your life? Listen, it's in, it's in remembering and retelling our stories that we, we connect with God. That we commune with Him. Um, and we're going to Speaking of communion, we're going to partake in that before we dismiss. So if, um, if, if you should have take, received the elements as you came in, if, if not, if we could have some, just raise your hand and some of the ushers will come around and get you, uh, get you the, the elements for, for, for communion. I apologize. It's the prefab little wafer ones. I can't. Really looking forward to us being done with 
these COVID protocols, we can, cause these are gross, but they'll work. <laughs> it's not about the wafer, right? Uh, at home, uh, if you don't have grape juice, if you don't have, uh, if you don't have disgusting crackers, you probably have real bread in your house and, and other liquids that taste better. So get those. That'll work just as fine. Um, remembering our stories, retelling our stories. This is, this is communion. This is, it's the heart of the sacrament. It's what, what the sacrament is. Let's read just, just to remind us in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says, uh, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord Himself. This is Paul talking. He says, uh, On the night He was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and He gave thanks to God for it. And then He broke it in pieces and said, This is My body which is given for you. Do this to remember Me. And in the same way, he took the the cup of wine after supper saying, this is the new cup of the covenant between God and His people. An agreement confirmed by my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. We've got to understand this moment. We have to understand the moment. They were celebrating a holiday. This was the Passover meal. This was a meal dedicated to telling the story of God's salvation and provision in the history of their people. And so there's, it's not an accident that Jesus chose this story because what He was about to do was a fulfillment of the, the story that they knew. The Exodus. The, the God delivering the people of Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land. That's, that was just a foreshadowing of what Jesus was about to do in the spiritual. To pull us out of darkness and into light of eternity forever through the sacrifice of His blood on the cross. Jesus tells us to do this as often as you drink it. How often do you drink? Pretty often, right? This was not, this was, it was wine. Yes, it was wine. It wasn't grape juice. But this was something that they drank all the time. This was a part of their daily lives. Remembering his story, remembering our story should be a daily event. And for communion today, I want us to not only think of Jesus' great sacrifice, but also some of your personal stories that have happened because of it. See, we all, on one level, have the same story. Jesus died for our sins, paid the price. The Holy Spirit has come into us to guide us and empower us and cleanse us. But we each have our own story from, from then on. It's always a different story for each one of us, right? It's like the Fast and the Furious movies. There's like nine of them. There's like nine different movies, but they're all the same movie, right? And we watch them and we look forward to them and we, we can't wait for the next one and we get enthralled in that. We know what's going to happen. It's not an original plot. This is the story of Jesus. It's the same, but it's different as it plays out in each one of our lives. What are your stories? So as we, as we take communion together this morning, let's, let's remember some of those. Take the bread. Um, if you would, just take the bread. And, and as you take it, 
Uh, think of the times that you've seen him specifically heal, provide, and restore you or family and friends. Just take a moment and think, and then thank God and take the bread. And then let's, let's take the cup. And as we do, let's, let's think of the life that He has infused in, in you. The encouragement. The, the transformation. How you, you are different now than you were when you met Him. The empowerment. The, the things that you have been able to do through his, his life and His power. The things that He is calling you to do. The, the person He is empowering you to become. Think of those things and with gratefulness, take the cup. Father, we thank You. God, we thank You for Your story. We thank You that we have the opportunity, that You have, you have given us the privilege, You have called us to be your, your witnesses, God, that You have given us things to see in our lives. That we have, we have not just heard the stories, but we have personal experiences with the God of the universe. Lord, if, if there's anyone here today that, that's struggling to see those stories, Holy Spirit, I just pray that You would invade them right now and give them eyes to see. Because uh, we know that, that there is not a, a person alive that hasn't had a contact with Your Spirit. God, we thank You for Your, for, for your faithfulness. God, we thank You for the stories that You've entrusted to us as we've remembered them this morning, as we, we've stirred them up in our souls and our hearts and our minds. God, would, would You empower us to share these stories with, with each other, with those in our, our circle of influence. God, would You, would you stir up the, the joy of our salvation as we remember these, these amazing things that You've done in our lives and in the lives of the people that we know and care about. God, would You give us eyes to see the, 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 the stories that You're building? Would You give us faith and joy and hope to, to look forward to the stories that You're writing for tomorrow and next week and next month, God? God, may that become the reason we get up in the morning is to look and see and find the next story that you're writing. We pray all these things in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.